Our scripture today is from Mark 8, 22-26, and it reads, When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, begging him to touch him and heal him. So Jesus led him as his sighted guide outside the village. He placed his saliva on the man's eyes and covered them with his hands. Then he asked him, Now, do you see anything? Yes, he said, My sight is coming back. I'm beginning to see people, but they look like trees, walking trees. Jesus put his hands over the man's eyes a second time and made him look up. The man opened his eyes wide and he could see everything perfectly. His eyesight was completely restored. In the message it says he saw everything in bright 2020 focus. Then Jesus sent him home with these instructions. Go home, but don't tell anyone what happened, not even the people of your own village. So today we're going to talk about what it means to bear one another's burdens. To be in community together means that we absorb pain and grief and loss together. It can bring us healing. It can bring us peace. It can bring us joy and a connectedness with each other and with God. We need that encouragement when life just has fallen apart, right? Um, I've told you before that my tendency is kind of to go, go silent and go rogue off on my own when life is hard, but it never did me any favors when I do that. It never does. Uh, maybe we need it for a minute or two, but where I found the most healing is with others and from others, encouraging me, cheering me on. So to bear one another's burdens, to take that on, we have to see each other clearly. We have to see each other correctly and honestly and authentically, and that includes vulnerability. That's where it gets hard. We see others, but sometimes we don't see them clear enough. We see them. I see that there's a need there for that person. But I can see them just as a tree walking, not really as somebody that I need to go to, somebody that I need to have a conversation with, someone that I need to reach out to. And so when I'm seeing people that way, as trees walking, I know that I need to go back. I need to go back to Jesus for a deeper work. I need to be able to see clearly people so that I can have compassion the way that I should. I don't always see people with 20-20 focus. I don't. Sometimes people hurt us, and we have our own baggage and hurt and, and, and struggles, and we see that through the lens of that. And we can assume the worst of people. We can place motives on people that are not there. Some, a group of people that I have looked at, I'm sorry my glasses are fogging up the whole time, sorry. I don't know why. Um, A group of people that I have always pretty harshly judged, although I never would have said it out loud, would have been unsheltered people. When I was interviewing for this job, someone asked me in in the Zoom interview, what kind of work had I done with unsheltered people? And I said, uh, none. Because I had faulty assumptions. And since I've been here and I've watched you work with this marginalized population, I've learned a thing or two. And it's helped open my eyes to understanding. And because of that, some of my friends back in Huntsville 
I've been able to share with them some of the things that you do already here and how you approach unsheltered people, how you work with unsheltered people. And now they're implementing that in Huntsville because Huntsville has a very large unsheltered population as well. You know, for example, I would think, well, why don't you just get a job? I mean, everyone in town is hiring, right? Everyone. There's a job, throw a rock and get a job. There's no excuse for not getting a job, right? I would like for someone in the room to share with us why that is a faulty assumption. Right? Number one, you have to have an address to get an ID. How do you get a job without an ID? What else? Public transportation. How do you get to the job? That's right. What else? Yes. What, what did you say now? Yes, mental illness is a, is a factor for sure. What else? Yeah, how do you get a call back for an interview? Maybe you don't have a phone or you don't have minutes on your phone. Yes. Yeah, no way to get clean, to look nice for a job interview. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the river, yeah. Yes. That's right, having a criminal record. Yes, who else? So see, it's not just as simple as telling the unsheltered people, go get a job, right? It's not that simple. That's something that you helped me see better. That's something that you have been responsible in helping me see correctly and more. Um, and because of those things, that helps me find, not only see more with a 2020 focus, but it also develops compassion within me for that because there are situations that I will never encounter that an unsheltered person might. And it helps me build that compassionate heart that I need. So a couple of times Brian Holmes has led us on Sunday mornings into doing some group work. And we're gonna do that again this morning because I love it when he does that. I think it's amazing and I love to hear your voices as you're talking to one another and your faces light up as you were part of the service. So I don't exactly know how he groups you up. Does anybody know? I don't, does he just? Just near you. Just near you. Yeah. Just near you. This is the, uh, so get in, get in your group, find you some people and then I'll give you the question. First question. Who is someone or even a particular group of people that you once saw as people as trees walking? You didn't see them clearly and you made wrong assumptions about them. And if you no longer see them in that way, what happened to change your assumptions? Discuss. For those of you at home, if you want to answer that question in yourself or with the people around your kitchen table, feel free. So we've all heard the phrase, to bear one another's burden, right? To, we're supposed to bear one another's burden or carry one another's burden. And so as I was doing some research on that this week, just some studying about it, I, it's really only found one time in Scripture, and it's in Galatians uh, 6. And it's speaking of sin. It's speaking of temptation. Uh, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, not with a sense of superiority or self-righteousness, keeping a watchful eye on yourself that you, so that you are not tempted as well, Carry one another's burdens, 
And in this way, you will fulfill the requirements of the law of Christ, that is, the law of Christian love. To bear one another's burden, it literally means to take away or carry off the weight someone else is experiencing. So even though this is speaking in the context of somebody that is tripped up in in sin or wrongdoing or whatever you want to call it, I think it also applies to just life's heartaches. It literally means to take away or carry off the weight someone else is experiencing. Now here's the thing. We can only be a small piece of that, right? Because we can't completely take it away. If you're going through a divorce, if you're going through a financial upheaval, if you're going through the death, a grief of someone, we can't take those things away. But what we can do is make it, for even if it's just for a few minutes, make that feel just a little bit lighter. It's not quite as heavy, right? People have done this for you. People, You do this for other people where you just come along and, and say, how... How are you doing? No, 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 no. How are you really doing? Diane Lane is wonderful for that. She's not in the room. If you're watching, I just called you out, Diane. She will ask me, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Nope, 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 nope. Don't want to hear that. I want to know how you're really doing. Those are the people we need that are not just concerned with the superficial. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm fine. Right? We need people that will go, no, but how are you really doing? That's bearing one another's burden, taking them out to lunch, get them a cup of coffee, whatever it is, whatever your particular capacity is to help somebody, that is what we do, is to carry off that weight, even if it's just for an hour or five minutes, for somebody to just have that weight off of them for just a little bit is the life-giving thing that we need. It helps us keep going. It It gives us the challenge and the encouragement to take one more step. When I was going through my divorce, nobody could take that away from me. Nobody could take that pain and that heartache away from me. But there were people there who were for me, who listened to me. They didn't mind how bad I spoke about my ex-husband. They were like, okay, yeah, didn't matter what all I said. They didn't judge me for it. They just listened. And that's what we need, we people who will listen, who will really be there. So here's your second group question. Was there a time when someone helped you carry a burden and how were they helpful? And the second part, was there a time when you helped someone carry a burden? How were you helpful? And the reason I want you to do this in a group is because somebody might say something, you go, that's exactly what I need to do for that friend of mine. That's what I should do to spark that conversation so we might have some imagination flowing in here. I have a friend that's going through this, but I just don't know what to do. Maybe this conversation will help you think of something that you can tangibly do to help carry that weight, even just for a few minutes. Yeah. I think another piece of this, of carrying one another's burdens, it needs to be said that we also not only need to see more than just trees, what me and his trees walking, and to see clearly, to see correctly, to see with 2020, we also need to know ourselves too. Like, if, if this is a situation that we're trying to carry this burden with somebody and it becomes too much for us, we have to be willing to say, I need a second. I need a minute. Let me get you to somebody. I, um, I was speaking with someone over the holidays that had reached out to me, and um, they have a specific situation, 
and it's a similar situation as mine as a child. They had gone through the same thing, and they had some of the same questions that I had always had, and it was very similar, uh, and I was just thinking, I, I shared with this person, they wanted me to counsel them. And I said, I'll be happy to listen to you. We can meet for coffee, and I, I want to hear all of it. Tell me. Uh, I'll give you the best I got, but I'm not a counselor. And with something like this, I'm going to get you to somebody who can really help you. So we have to know that, too. If we're dealing with somebody that's over our heads, we have to be willing to say, yeah, I, I love you, and I'm going to walk with you, but we need to find you somebody that can really help you. Does that make sense? And I don't know if in the Christian world over the past 30, 40 years we've done a good job at telling people you have permission to do that. We've almost tried to set ourselves up as martyrs in a lot of situations, and it doesn't work. We were not meant to be that. We, we, carry, we carry the weight of it, but we don't carry the weight of all of it. That's not our responsibility. I, um, I, I think... Knowing when it's over our heads is the key. And knowing when it's time to say, I'm glad to listen to you, but let me find somebody who can really help you deal with this. And taking care of ourselves. You know, listening and being a friend to someone who's really going through some hard things can be hard for us. And it can be taxing on our own mental health. <clears throat> there was a moment back in the fall, probably toward Christmas, there was a lot that was going on, a lot, uh, with individuals. And, and it was, uh, it just had happened to be like maybe a month or so of just like heavy-duty stuff, heavy-duty stuff, heavy-duty stuff, just one after the other, one after the other, one after the other. And I, as someone who experiences depression and anxiety, and I don't do that well in the winter months, I had to know, okay, I got to take a second because this is wearing me down. And so I did. I told my husband, I need a minute. <laughs> I need quiet. I need, I, need, I need to stop. I'm not going to answer emails. I need to take a second because i got to recharge. And I did. And after I caught my breath, I was good. I was ready to go again. But probably 20 years ago, what I would have done would have just kept right on going. Just kept, just mow it down. Got to be Jesus to these people, right? I gotta, I've got to carry this burden. We don't have to be that because we ain't Jesus. Somebody told me that on a text message last week. You're not Jesus, Melinda. Yes, ma'am. We need to hear it. Actually, it was. How did you know? Yes, it was, Diane. Rather than getting in your group again, just, we'll just say this out loud. This is my final question. What are some ways that you can take care of yourself while helping others with their burdens? What are some things you do or you've seen other people do that you think, wow, that's good? I love that. Linda said, text somebody first and say you want to talk to them and tell them up front, hey, I've got about 30 minutes here. I want to hear what's going on. Let's talk. I love that. I love giving it a window. Yes. I love that. For those of you that are watching on home at home, like Vicki was saying that we have to practice listening, knowing what the Holy Spirit sounds like to us, and allow that Spirit to guide us as we go about helping others and trying to carry burdens.
the worship team can come up. I'm sorry, I, I, I messed up our little order there. You know, last week we talked a little bit about people-pleasing is safety-seeking, and Rich shared with us that the inverse must be true. If I'm a safe person, people might not feel the need to people-please. So last week, I have to share this because this was so good. It was something that Sue shared with us. We're talking about how do we let people know we're a safe person. You're safe with me. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to bash you. I'm not. How do we let people know that we're safe? And we're all sitting around the room just kind of looking at each other, thinking that through. And Sue said, well, I think we only get to do that in relationship. I mean, I can't walk to somebody off the street and have like a sign right here that said, I'm safe. Right? Right? That doesn't work. You only know that I'm a safe person when I spend time with you. And you share things with me. And I share things with you. It comes back to relationship and community. And that's how we know we can carry the weight of one another's burdens. Because we're safe people.